0: Going on, everybody. Welcome back to the Underground. We're back from our little mini break. We had uh, took a week off because we had a lot going on outside of here. Uh, your boy just finished up a, a crazy run with uh, Buna Regional High School, which I'll get into in just a little bit. But welcome to episode number three thirty. Three thirty of Underground Sports, Philadelphia. KB and Matt coming at you live from Underground Studios. Got a lot to dive into since the last time. We recorded an episode of the podcast. The Sixers are the one seed. The Phillies just keep bouncing back and forth, but they beat the Marlins. And uh, a whole lot more to get into as well. But before we get started, this podcast would not be possible without our awesome local sponsors: Main Auto LLC, Dusharms Pro Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC. And the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends over at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. They're the best in the business. Summer right around the corner. You got to protect those eyes when you're outside. They got the sunglasses. You guys see me wearing the blue light glasses every single episode of the pod. Protect your eyes. Go to TomahawkShades.com right now. Fill up your cart. Get ready for the summer. And when you go to check out, use our code USP to get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your order from our friends at Tomahawk Shades. And, man, is there anything better than the fresh-mowed grass at CBP?
1: I can't think of anything better.
0: Other than probably freshly-groomed balls, because our sponsors at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, are here to help you strike out your bush for good, it's a whole new balls game with our friends at Manscaped, uh, who's trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. So join the movement, get 20% off and free shipping with code USP at manscaped.com. I'm telling you guys, it's it's no joke with Manscaped. Uh, they just launched the Lawnmower 4.0, their all new performance package. It looks incredible. I can't wait to get mine. Um, that thing looks like it's probably should be roaming around Mars or something. Uh, but the lawnmower 4.0 is available, and you can use our code at manscaped.com. Promo code USP gets you 20% off and free shipping on the lawnmower 4.0. All their new formulations, everything in between. Go to manscaped.com, and when you go to checkout, use code USP for 20% off with free shipping. That's manscaped.com, promo code USP for 20% off and free shipping from our friends at Manscaped. Baseball's here. And don't let your pubes get out of whack. And of course, our friends at Stateside Vodka, also sponsors of this show. They're the fastest-growing craft spirit in Pennsylvania. They're headquartered in old Kensington, Philadelphia. Seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. It's blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market to do so and to have a mineral composition on the same spectrum of electrolytes found in that sports drink that starts with a G. And it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. They've also won awards for best package in the world. So go to statesidevodka.com to purchase your vodka. And when you go to check out, make sure you have those one liter bottles in your cart. So you can use our code. It's promo code USP for 10% off those one liter bottles of vodka at statesidevodka.com must be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going
1: on, Matt? I am living the first seed dream,
0: the first seed dream. Indeed. We're going to get into all things Sixers, uh as they clinched the number 1 seed in typical Sixers fashion took them long enough to do so uh had multiple times that they could have done it and they were like nah we'll just wait we'll wait and then they finally clinch it against uh a long time nemesis to uh this team that seems to always beat them the Orlando Magic uh so in typical Sixers fashion they uh they clinched the one seed against the Orlando Magic and now we wait Uh, whoever wins between the Pacers and the Wizards for their first round matchup, which will the first game will take place on Sunday.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had uh, our magic number was one with four games to go. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's it's good, obviously, the magic when you had a back-to-back with them at the end of the season. You felt good about getting that one win somewhere in there because they were actively trying to lose to improve their odds at the lottery. Feels great to have the one seed. We talked about how important it would be to not only just get home court advantage, but now especially when you look at the bracket, you've really gotten yourself in a much more favorable position than if you look at what the Nets have to deal with or even what the Bucs have to deal with in the first round with the Heat. There are four teams in the East that could come out of the East reasonably. Yeah. The Nets, the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Heat. The Sixers, as it stands, should they beat who they have to, will only have to beat Likely one of those teams. Everyone mm-hmm. else is going to have to beat at least two of them, you know, to, to get even just to the conference finals. So, it's um it's a great position to find yourself in that, you know, you have really what is the easier road. There's 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 no like oh well no like it is <laughs> fundamentally the easier road to the conference finals. There's no excuses. You should be beating whoever comes into this eighth seed, and you should be beating either Atlanta or the New York Knicks in a seven game series, and then from there, I've said it you agree this team can beat anyone in a seven game series and then once you get to the finals anything can happen so uh, it's a great position that they find themselves in I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who we actually get between the pacers and the wizards um but yeah i'm i'm, I'm pumped that we're finally we finally arrived <laughs> at the playoffs we like the play-in is nice it's exciting obviously the Warriors and Lakers tonight is cool, but I'm not staying up till 10 to watch that. Uh, I'll catch the highlights tomorrow, which I'm sure will be exciting, but it is nice to have like kind of this little teaser for playoff basketball all through the week. The, uh, and we talked
0: about this the last time we had an episode, give us the easiest road to the finals. And in theory, that is what the Sixers got.
1: None of this, uh, this nonsense about, Oh, I want so-and-so I want to, I want the Celtics. It's like, you know, we played the Celtics a few years ago when we were Finals favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they had tons of injuries, it was like, oh, this is this is it. We're gonna and we we lost that series. Um, yeah, like again, if if you're just giving me the choice between yes, an injured Celtics team that's had like a, just a, a crappy year, of course, or like the Pacers who are missing Miles Turner and T.J. Warren and Caris LeVert like, now th- three yeah like three weeks ago, uh, they were in open revolt against their coach, like. Yeah. Give me that team potentially, (laughs) you know, like give me the Wizards with Bradley Beal and an injured hamstring and no interior like player at all. Like, give me that over anyone else. Um, So, yeah, it's a a favorable matchup and that's what you should get when you're the one seed. And it's uh, it's just a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be in this position. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. And
0: of course, there's storylines galore with either team that you play because you have Indiana you have one of their former coaches on the Sixers coaching staff now. Plus, you get the TJ McConnell angle. And then on the flip side, you get the Westbrook and Bede rivalry, which the national media
1: will just eat up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, too, I think people would probably rather watch a wizards Sixers series mm-hmm. than they would a Pacers Sixers series just because you have Beale and Westbrook as, you know, main attractions in Washington. Um, but I mean, we saw it in the play in game that Westbrook had he has a tendency in the playoffs to have bad nights like you yep. did. Um, it's not a very good team that <laughs> just isn't, there's a reason that, uh, they're in the plan. Right. And there's a reason we're the number one seed. And, um, I expect truly, no matter if it's the Pacers or the wizards for that to be no more than a five game series. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you're sweeping other team just cause I think there's like enough there to probably steal a game, but you know, it's, it's all about getting those series wrapped up quick because you know, as we've seen, injuries can derail or fatigue can derail a playoff push. And again, you know that these other top teams in the East are probably going to have longer series. You know, like I don't know that Brooklyn. That's probably a five-game series with Boston. You know, but I don't know that the Heat and Bucks. That's not a six or seven-game series. You know, that that could very well be the case. And then once you get to that second round again, you know, you really have set yourself up in a positive position to have to to not play an extra two or three games and, and put the burden on yourself, uh, which has been an issue for the Sixers in the past. And you have that whole, whenever Jason Tatum decides he wants to
0: pop off like he did last night, right?
1: we might have a no hitter in baseball. Again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, like it's just, that's just the way it is. And you know, you, you hope that some other teams can maybe, I, I don't see any of the other top teams that we're looking at going, obviously one of the bucks are heater going home, but um which I is don't. crazy to think about. It is, you know, and that's just the... And what's interesting is the Bucks played the Heat that Saturday night yeah. before the... So they had the ability to, you know, play the the, the the game a little bit and guarantee that they would have had the um, the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And they went out and beat the Heat and uh, took it out of their control, essentially. So that was a, a strange decision, I guess. But ultimately, I think the Bucks are better built for the playoffs than they've been in years past and they obviously believe that. I don't know. You know, it's still tough because then, you know, even if you, you get through the heat, you're very likely playing the Nets. Yeah, that's that's not that's not an easy situation to find yourself in, but I'm glad we're not we're not thinking about that kind of future for us. We're thinking about getting through the Pacers or the Wizards and then getting through, you know, the the Hawks or the Knicks. Those are all of those teams are are what you want in the playoffs. Yeah,
0: those were like the four teams we talked about saying like
1: Give us yeah. those four. I, I've seen some overthinking. It's super simple. <laughs> you take the bad teams. Yes, I like Atlanta. I like the Knicks. I think they're they're fun teams, especially Atlanta. It's like fun to watch. Mm-hmm. In any other normal non-COVID year, those are like six to eight seats. You right? They're, those are not. They did like if the Heat didn't have the COVID issues that they had this year, they're taking one of those spots. And I, you know, it's just it was a weird year, and and they 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 got Boston's hot not as played, injured as they right, are right like those are not teams that you would typically be getting in that situation um so they're good teams you certainly can't uh just like thumb your nose at them of course because you know, they're still playoff teams you have to give them respect but if you're asking me to choose again between those or the nets in the second round <laughs> or the bucks in the second round or even the heat in the second round it's it is an easy, easy, easy choice. Do not overthink it. Exactly. Like, a
0: on paper, a, second round, the Hawks really don't have anybody that matches up with Embiid, and science proves Ben Simmons never lost to the Knicks. Right. So why would you not want that if you're a Sixers fan to have the opportunity to play a team that really doesn't play defense where you're one of the best defensive teams, if not the best in the league, or you play a team that – even
1: though they play you hard, you find ways to beat them. Right, exactly. It's it's uh, it's just the way better, way better side to be on for sure. And it, again, it can get to the point too where you know you are are watching other teams kind of beat up on each other. And look, it's not like every other team in the East too doesn't have concerns and mm-hmm. question marks, right? Like I know the Nets are obviously a juggernaut of a team, but we still. We're entering the playoffs and have barely seen their big three play together and Harden's, Harden's like back, 100%. Harden's back from the hamstring, but still like, you know, that's an injury that could give you issues. And Kevin Durant hasn't been able to put like long stretches of time together. Like you're talking about a month and a half from now, like everyone being healthy still yeah. like that's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed for the Sixers either, mind you, but you know, they've shown, uh, a willingness to get injured and exactly. you know, not not stick together so that's going to be interesting and maybe they get, get caught cold in the second round and who knows right but that's why you get the one seed is to to get home court advantage and to get the theoretical easiest matchups most favorable matchups towards you that's why it was so important i think to have fought so hard for it and i'm, I'm glad we did um and now it's just getting ready for that and i'm excited i am bummed we're not on saturday because I, yeah. I love i love the saturday game the first day of the playoffs really getting in it but um for the first round you kind of and it's not like in years past where the playoffs were like kind of new for the sixers and it was like oh yes like we're finally it's like all right like it, it definitely has a different feel this yeah. year in terms of like it's almost like um Go, like, in high school, like, when you're, like, a freshman or a sophomore, it's, mm-hmm. like, you're, like, so pumped to get back to school. And you're, like, you're, like, really, like, frenetic, like, the first, like, day and then, like, the first, like, week. But, like, once you hit, like, junior, senior, you're, like, all right, like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm in, I, I know where to go. I don't need, I'm I'm just here <laughs> to finish this. Like, <laughs> I'm here so I don't get fined. Literally. Um, it, it has that feel, though, of, like, kind of, I think the fans and the team themselves have just, like, all right. Like, we're just waiting to, to get to where we want to be. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it feels much more mature this year.
0: Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created acting, directing, producing, designing all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. And the way things are going, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, looking more and more likely that there's going to be
1: more and more people in the Wells Fargo Center. Right. I mean, you're, you're talking by the theoretical conference finals, you could have a full Wells Fargo Center. It's mm-hmm. not like impossible. And you know, then if you get to the actual NBA finals, <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's huge. Like you can't discount. You know, like ten thousand fans being in Citizens Bank Park isn't as big of a deal, right? Because mm-hmm. of the capacity thing. But ten thousand fans being in the Wells Fargo Center is Matt that you know you're talking about uh that you feel that. Like you will you will feel that energy from the crowd and that matters. I don't I don't care what you say. It matters, you know, if, if you're at home or not. The, like the crowd definitely has influence on games. There's a reason it's called home court advantage. There's a reason that the Sixers have been so much better at home than they've been on the road. Obviously this year's better than it's been years past when you talk about away from home but there's there's clearly an advantage to be gained by having that and by having fans and that could be huge for the Sixers for sure I mean we've been on the other side of it of having to play a game seven on the road it's not fun it's not Not comfortable, and you you don't win as much as you'd like to when you're the road team (laughs) on the game in, in a game seven yeah uh
0: between the Pacers and the Wizards who would you rather face granted we know both of them kind of you know having their own situations whether it's the injuries and the COVID situation with the Pacers or Bradley Beal not being 100% with the Wizards but if you had to pick your poison round one I
1: I would say Wizards just because I think outside of Beal and Westbrook that team is like just not scary at all and even Beal and Westbrook like Beal is scary Westbrook does not scare me mm-hmm. um you know, we've seen Beal like have like career nights against us, but still lose. Like you know, like it's just to me, you can contain and beat that team. Uh, the Pacers, I just don't like playing the playing them at all. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly about them. Um, they might be the easier out just because of the injuries that they have and maybe like the morale there. Who knows? But either way, you know, Washington, the the, the big advantage of that would be it's much significantly less travel. I saw, I saw, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who it was. Uh, post about how there's a a path for the Sixers to play in Washington and then in New York and then potentially in New York again all you know not even have to get on a plane you know for the next that's huge I mean again we've we've talked before about how travels is massive Uh, Tobias Harris is like one of the voices about how traveling and sleep is so important to an athlete if you can guarantee that you don't have to take Indiana's not a long flight of course but if you could you know get a a much easier travel schedule for yourself. Give yourself every advantage. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Exactly. My buddy just sent me these custom shoes that he had made. And wow, they're awesome beautiful little, little Ben Franklin on the side. I love, I love the alternate. I I don't know. Are they doing anything playoff?
0: uh... I saw they, they switched up the Twitter with like the Philly unite Mm -hmm. stuff again. So it looks like the, it looked like cream colored, stuff which i know you're a fan of him um give me the classic creams i'll pull up the sixers twitter page here but yeah i i don't know who i'd want because i'm glad that it's between the pacers and the wizards because like you said with with boston it was like at, at any moment like they could pop off like they did last night and then you're dealing with a situation like that give me two of the teams that were like clawing until the end to get into the playoffs right
1: and at the end of the day i don't think that either of those teams are uh are more than a five game series Mm -hmm. i I really don't i just think the sixers team is much better than both than both of those teams that and that's that's it it's simple it's it's that easy and
0: yeah they it looks like they changed to the the cream background color we love to see it love that um but yeah i mean shout out to the the charlotte hornets too for just
1: showing up (laughs) You know, they showed up, and that's what matters. That's um, all that matters. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the East for the playing games is a little rough. It's definitely a, like, Western Conference kind of centric idea in that, you know, like, there's usually a 9 or 10C in the West. It's pretty good, and, like, you'd like to see a little bit more of uh, the East. Not so much, but either way, it's it's still fun. I think it's a, a pretty cool idea. Um and yeah, I mean now, now we're just looking forward to to who we get to face. I'm looking forward to Saturday to seeing some other really interesting matchups. Um, especially, obviously, gonna have a big eye on the East. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and you know, it's the West is gonna be a gauntlet, that's for sure. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Don't have to worry about that. Whoever whoever makes it out of there, we can potentially worry about in July. But for right now, let's just focus on uh, on us. Yeah, I mean
0: the. The play in tournament, like you said, it's fun and it, it gives you like that taste. But it also do you, I saw somebody say this and I wanted to get your your take. Do you think it's a way for the league to juice up the the like
1: downswing of the regular season? I think so. I think the league is constantly trying to make ways to to make teams care. Um teams are always gonna tank in some way. Mm-hmm. That's why like saw WoJ had this really dumb article about uh about the Sixers and about how the process ruined all these things. And that's why they have to play a game while like blatantly ignoring that the last day of the season, like that Clippers um, uh, Clippers Thunder game where like, they were just pulling guys off the Mm -hmm. court. If they were making a shot because both those teams wanted to lose, like there's so blatant tanking going into it. Tell me, tell me like half that magic roster was like, right. Like it's just teams are still tanking. The Thunder, lost have lost 20 of their last 21 games they have the worst uh point differential in the last 25 games in nba history they're truly garbage they told al horford to go home like yeah the th- tanking hasn't stopped i don't know why um people seem to think that it's the sixers fault either like teams weren't bad beforehand intentionally or not so i don't know I think it's a a good way because it does give you something to focus on in the last, like, especially, like, week or two. Because, you know, you still had an interest in some of those games between, you know, like, the Spurs and whoever they're playing, right? If they can, you know, make up any games or something. And then, you know, like, the last two days, it was interesting because, you know, and I think it's more of a product of this year more than anything. I don't know that it'll be like this in years going forward just because a lot of these... Standings that we're seeing is is mostly COVID related, right? Like mm-hmm. the Heat or where they're at, mostly because of COVID early. So even even the Wizards you know, have that case as well that they started out so poorly because they had they're decimated by COVID uh, early on. But you have like interesting storylines at least, and like oh, you know, like there's some jockeying and yeah, there's a little gamesmanship. But I think it adds something, and I think it's. It's a pretty harmless idea, but I do wonder if we'll get to a point in like a a full regular season where we don't look at it and think it's a little stupid that like, you know, a seventh seed could theoretically be something like four or five games ahead of even the eighth seed or even the ninth seed even higher, you know, like a six or seven game differential and they still have to like earn their way in. Like that's that's where it could get a little a little wishy-washy, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes this year. We'll see. You Know if the Lakers don't make it, we'll see if they uh, <laughs> if, if we just never hear about this idea ever again. But um, that's that's the only thing I think with the playing tournament that could suck. He's right now it's fun and I think we're enjoying it because it's giving us this like and it's new, it's new, and it's like oh yeah, this is so cool. But it's like if I was a team in the future that had the seventh seed pretty comfortably and got bounced or and then end up as the eighth seed and got a way worse matchup, like I'd probably be a little pissed. Like ultimately, you have to go out and win the games, but.
0: It it would suck. Do you think the bubble version of the play-in tournament or this version is, like, the quote-unquote better format?
1: I I think this version, everything about the bubble sucked. I I have nothing positive to say about the bubble, to be honest. Um, And that's all bias, mostly. (laughs) Fair. uh, Yeah, the bubble sucked in, like, a million different ways. Um, I think the play-in tournament, again, like, this structure is nice and... You know, like Adam Silver's talked a lot, too, about wanting to add, like, a midseason tournament or, mm-hmm. like, a, an additional kind of tournament through the NBA season. And I think this is, like, a it's like a preview of what that could look like and how that could feel where you have, like, these games that have either you know, not quite, quite playoff game, like, feeling, but they're also definitely not regular. There's more stakes than there is in a regular season game. And I think, you know, fans can get kind of hooked on that. And people are reacting really positively to this play-in tournament. So I think they would react similar to, you know, any kind of like mid-season tournament or, or something like that. But, yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, because you've had now a 72-game season and worked out pretty good. So maybe <laughs> maybe you add that tournament on top of that, you know, to, to make up, you know, some of that lost revenue that the owners need so bad from not having those five extra home games
0: yeah i mean just make the like you said put the tournament mid-season the regular season is so 72 games right i don't hate that at all no
1: and i yeah i think that could be a, a good way of managing it but that might be something we see like four or five years mm-hmm. from
0: now and even um, if the the tournament is like something that's not during the all-star break but like something like that mm-hmm. where you have that kind of break and then maybe it's like the g-league teams that play or something like that that if down the line each franchise ends up getting their own g-league team and and kind of having you know that that capability of having their own kind of like minor league system essentially
1: i I could see that being
0: a way to do it
1: too yeah i I think the nba has definitely questions about how to keep people engaged because ratings were down this year you have to be Mm -hmm. realistic about that you can't just like wash it away by saying oh it's because the nfl didn't have problems getting eyes on their screen like it's you know and i think part of it too is it's i i know from from my personal experience it's hard to watch any local sports just because of how dumb and archaic our blackout Mm -hmm. rules are especially in the philly area it's worse in other than it is in other areas because of our it's comcast country uh, whole deal (laughs) um (laughs) that sucks and i think everyone should be working for a way to make that not be the case and i know the uh the league pass is also garbage and also it's way easier to find a uh an alternate source mm-hmm. uh, that works every time for me and is incredibly reliable as hd and i can choose just like you can in league pass if i want the home feed or the way. like it's out there and it's super easy and you know, don't make your paid version worse than the free version. Right, <laughs> that's that's the key. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: the Phils, though, Matt, switching over to them, the the most <laughs> seesawed team I've ever seen in my life. They beat the Marlins. Thank Christ. They go for the series win tonight, as we're speaking. Zach Eflin on the mound, so I feel confident there. Um, but man, this team—they're—they're <laughs> they're so good on paper. They, they have the talent, and yet find ways to just muck things up every single time. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where Streamer Season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on Streamer Season wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, I'm, fi- I'm finding all of that hard to disagree with. It is now. astonishing. It's See, it would be astonishing if this wasn't a, a continuing theme. <laughs> Very theme. true. It, because it's not coming out of nowhere anymore. It's not just like, oh, this is frustrating. It's like, this is expected at this point, that they're just going to give you these... Lame duck performances every now and again, but then we'll have awesome like late game surges like we had before, like last night. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it, it, it leaves you uh, speechless. Obviously, but it's it's very frustrating the the Phillies this year in terms of just lacking in total consistency. And what more can you say? That's that's been the tagline for the Phillies now for two years. They're the most frustrating. <laughs> one game back of first place team <laughs> to the stupid Mets oh my god uh,
0: like it, the the eye test of the standing says oh this team's you know two games over 500 but you know they're in it watching eye test is completely different depending on
1: what day of the week it is and depending on what stadium they're playing in yeah home is uh significantly better <laughs> that's a recurring theme with a lot of Philly sports i guess um, if they could just like put a like a green a big green screen yes <laughs> and just make them think they're there're in philly that might be really really helpful so maybe get on that t- you know how they have like the drones instead of like firework shows <laughs> like just have that but it's like just a a, a hologram <laughs> of like the philly skyline in the back i don't know they're it's- 14 and six at home eight and 14 on the road that's just it's unacceptable actually i don't at, at because it's no longer just early in the season you can get some weird kind of weird numbers yeah uh, it's it's stupid (laughs) but this team is stupid and you know they're built that way (laughs) yeah you know like it's frustrating to say but um they're not built to be smart (laughs) and they they weren't given the care and attention that they needed from uh from a a gm and roster building standpoint and this is what you get Mm -hmm. when you have just Good pieces here and there, but not a completely full team. Is you're going to have very frustrating performances, and that's just it. <laughs> and it's
0: it, it continues to. It's a trickle down effect too, from the front office to the coaching staff to the players. Like tonight, Nick Maton's one of the hottest hitters in baseball. He's like he has like reverse splits where he ranks against lefties, and Joe Girardi's playing Ronald Torres over him. Like what are we doing, Joe? What are we doing? <laughs> thinking of that
1: Kamala Harris thing. Like Joe, they want to know <laughs> where next time. We, we did it, Joe. We, <laughs> we pissed them off again. It's just unbelievable. Like I don't. Yeah, like that's Joe. Already's made some strange decisions. I I would love to hear like a reason. Yeah, <laughs> for for why he loves the double switch. He yeah he. He strikes me as an overthinker. Mm-hmm. And like a uh I'm I'm the pro here. I'm the vet here. I know what I'm doing. Like Yeah. I think Joe Girardi likes to smell of his own farce sometimes. He, you know? he missed the national league like no other. Yeah, for sure. And- um Yeah, I mean, if you can if you can somehow though win this series against the Marlins. I don't, when's the last series we won against them? I I couldn't even tell you. Ooh, that's a good question. I know we have a terrible record against them. I want to say it was the opening series like two years ago, because that was like when we had the 20 to one game and we, we started out that season. So hot, um, but yeah like christ like i feel like we have a, a terrible record against them and i just i can't remember winning a series against
0: have them. not had a winning record against the marlins in a season since 2018
1: yeah that
0: uh that checks out <laughs> it's crazy nine had... and ten in 2019 three and seven in 2020
1: well, last year too they were the uh just the bringers of plague uh, as well which was which was really unfortunate for us
0: have so. not won more than 12 games against the marlins in a season since 2010
1: days. <laughs> <laughs> this team was much more competent um yes i mean that's the litmus test i think though <laughs> for for doing uh for doing well and we've we've slammed our heads into the wall the last few years when we look you know inevitably in august and september when we're one or two games out of the wild card or something and then at the end of the season when we're lamenting we're like you know if we just didn't go so terribly against the marlins how mm-hmm. different is this season and we didn't do so terribly consistent, you know. Like it's just this constant inconsistency, especially within division. I mean, Jesus, yeah. like they just they look like just different team night to night. And uh, but that's what again, that's what happens. It's not. Um, it really can't be surprising anymore because it's it's just who they are. They're an inconsistent team, and they'll kind of be lucky to be a wild card team. And it it sucks because you're having good performances from guys this year, but there just isn't enough. This, this roster isn't rounded out enough, and, you know, that's that's the frustrating aspect of it all. Zach Wheeler, though. He's having a... My God. He's, he's having a great year. I mean, he's like... You're going to start talking about Cy Young. That's know, what I was going
0: to you know? ask you. Is Zach Wheeler in the, the early season, like, Cy Young?
1: Yeah, he talk. has to be. Just how dominant he's been. Obviously, like, the win-loss stuff isn't like, whoa, you know, but like... Right his numbers are like obscene 252
0: era in nine games has the complete game shut out in 60
1: innings pitched he's he's looked very very good uh so far this year and i'm really really pleased with that and yeah i mean you have two bona fide studs now at the top and Eflin has shown a lot more consistency this year and, and a lot more control which is great um, but you know, it's just, <laughs> we don't talk about the two behind that. <laughs> and Wheeler already, you know, last year, obviously
0: first year here, 60 game season, whatever you want to say that about day, it,
1: that, uh, nail injury too last year, the, right? Yeah. The
0: fingernail <laughs> issue that got caught on his zipper, but he's already blown past the amount of strikeouts he had all of last year in less than two months of this season. That's hot. 66 strikeouts this year compared to 53, all of last season. I'm... I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking about this because it seems like he's in a zone that like is going to be sustainable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, it doesn't look like, all right, this is going to fall. At some mm-hmm. Um, now pitching is obviously harder to tell too than like hitting, like hitting. It's very, it can be very obvious when someone's just on a hot streak and all right, they're not going to be, are going to be hitting 500 for <laughs> the rest of the season. But yeah, he's 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 looked in control, and you look at too just the quality of his outings so far. He really hasn't had a bad one. Um, you know there, there's there's been no like real like ah that was not that was not cash money from Zach like it's pretty much every game has been pretty good. I think he had that one Giants game that wasn't yeah like, there was like amazing, one kind of like hiccup, but it but wasn't. But like the Giants like have awful. also been like good this year, so best buddy. team in the National <laughs> League. <laughs> so, like I listen, I wanna. Wrap my head into a pole when I think about that. Dave <laughs> <laughs> Kavaler, future pennant winner, ridiculous. Just a limo
0: around the hotel. If the season ended today, Zach Wheeler would finish with his best strikeouts per nine in his career,
1: nine point eight. You know, I would say let us get to the top of division before you end the season, but yeah, very true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, the Mets they're they're in first place by virtue of having played less games because. The Nationals couldn't stop licking doorknobs early in the season. Um, But, like, the Mets don't scare me. The Mets have never scared me. We talk about this all the time. I've
1: never in my life been scared of the Mets, ever. Except for (laughs) for Mr. Met, because he's scared.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're already out of infield-outfield depth that they're like, trying to figure out ways to maneuver their 40-man roster to call guys up because guys are injured.
1: I wish we would show that some kind of ambition with some of our pitching, but you know. Very true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Mets. Um some of my greatest childhood memories are them choking down the stretch. Just oh, <laughs> the best. Like they're just we know, we know that they're going to wilt. It's just in their DNA. They're you know, they say that the cicadas are are coming like it's every 17 years whatever like that's the Mets. It's like Apparently Every, the cicadas are coming though. I listen. I have never been more informed about a subject so unwillingly <laughs> than I am about these cicadas and that they're coming. Every day I'm getting some kind of news alert on my phone All about. the time. It, I've what do they call it? Generation something? Generation of the chaos? Like yeah. <laughs> just obscene name for bugs. <laughs> it's bugs, people. Like, I get that they're loud and a little annoying, but like at the end of the day, we're talking. This isn't like locusts. We're not talking about. We need to like figure out a way to protect the crops or like the wool industry. Like (laughs) Jesus Christ, it's bugs. just (laughs) are a little loud. I don't know. It is crazy. It's just every day, every day I'm inundated with cicada. And I've never asked for it. I've never looked it up on my own volition. Yeah. It's just always like, Hey, I'm just reminding you there are 20 trillion cicadas that are about to be released upon earth. It's like, I don't care. (laughs) Nobody asked you. Um, but yeah, like the Mets, like
0: they're by virtue of playing less games in first place.
1: Yeah, you know, and the the East is clearly showing like it's gonna be a just a, a, a just a rock fight the entire way. We have other divisions that are already like producing like, oh wow, that's a, that's a good looking that's a good looking team. We say it every year. We talk about the run differential in the East and how it just completely insane it is compared to (laughs) other uh division leaders and even like wildcard teams um yeah it's just the east is is what it is right now which is just a total mess
0: we all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons but what if i told you the fastest-growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri and Harrison Cremins as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast
1: Network. and
0: (laughs) every team in the nl east has a negative run differential except the marlins and they're at zero
1: and i would like and that's only because they're up one nothing right now (laughs) yeah so they they came into this game with a negative run differential that tells you i mean it's just it's just an ugly division it's truly (laughs) disgusting baseball all throughout you know you have like these other teams that have like really figured baseball out right and like You know, you you kinda break baseball down into almost like a science and like you're constantly just kinda trying to reproduce these results and like play the analytics. And then the analysis is like No. (laughs) We are not gonna do that. (laughs) We're we're going to actively reject (laughs) all of that in favor of the ugliest and dumbest baseball you've ever seen in your life. It's so
0: bad. It's so bad. And Like, I feel like if the Mets were on a regular schedule like everyone else, the Phillies more than likely would be in first place just because the Mets are dealing with a shit ton of injuries. They just put Taiwan Walker on the injured list. Kevin Pillar got his face smashed in, which was scary, scary and wild that he even, like, went to a press conference the next day. Uh, They're... Like I said, they're scraping at the barrel to just call guys up
1: to have enough guys on their roster. It's the Mets. They're always scraping at the bottom of the barrel. I don't I don't care who your owner is anymore. I, <laughs> I, I'm so I, I'm just you know, we talked about this like a month ago about like we're sick of the, the Gram hype. I'm just sick of like the Mets like all of a sudden being like the darlings. When did yeah. that happen? When did everyone just like on Twitter just like oh the Mets are so oh, funny? Just keep going it's so funny. <laughs> it's like I I thought we hated billionaires, uh. but I guess not. <laughs> It's the worst. No, just... Come August, we'll see where the Mets are.
0: Between the Mets being this, like, perched-up darling and ESPN or whoever it is deciding it was the right time to do a Derek Jeter documentary. I...
1: Derek Jeter is <laughs> easily one of the most overhyped athletes I've ever of all time. seen in my entire life. And I swear to you, this is not just, like... I hate the Yankees bias. Like he was a good player. Never won an MVP. He was a, a, hear my words. Good, good player. He was part of great teams. That's it. (laughs) I've never seen, like, even when he was like retiring and like the whole like respect thing, it was like, Jesus Christ. Like, are we like really like, I get baseball is like more sentimental than other sports and like holds players and reverence Mm -hmm. and all that. Like, but you would think, like, it was, like, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, and Hank Aaron's baby. Like, yeah. it like, <laughs> I just, it was, like, doing, like, the the, the tour here. Like, and, like, I get the Michael Jordan thing, because, like,
0: debate, greatest of all time. Plus, it had been a while since Michael Jordan retired.
1: It's been a cup of coffee since Jeter retired. Right. Yeah, and, I again, Michael, like, Michael Jordan also existed in a time where we didn't have the type of coverage that existed mm-hmm. during Derry. Like, that type of in-depth, like in locker room stuff, like that's what like Amazon Prime does now with like their uh they do those like series now yeah. with like all sports teams and like that's what you get with hard knocks, right? Like you get these like but you only get that for a little piece and like some of those other ones you get the full season, you get more in depth stuff. And like that's the most fascinating dynasty, most fascinating player, like mm-hmm. team of like an entire decade. It's, like Derek Jeter's like not that fascinating on his own. No. Like, oh, He's a misogynist. Sick. Just like <laughs> let's give him, a, let's give him a documentary. It's <laughs> That'll, the worst. It's just it's weird and stupid, and I won't watch. <laughs> not at all. Because it's also too like outside of like the late '90s, early 2000s. It's not like he was part of like these like dynasties. No, it's it's not like he's. He won one World Series after that, and they got lucky to beat the Phillies. Right. Like it's it's not like wow. Like this is like again not an all-time great, not particularly interesting player like it's not like he had this amazing personality either it's not like he's like a ken griffey where it's like yeah culturally you know like how give important me a ken was, griffey jr document. yeah like how important or how cool was ken griffey jr like yes <laughs> how important yeah. or cool is Derek jeter no i'm not even sure he was the coolest yankee at any point in his time there no. <laughs> like as much as you hated him, Alex Rodriguez was more cool yes, than Derek Jeter, and better. Yeah, <laughs> like with or without the steroid use, which was rampant in all those Yankees teams. So who even knows where Derek Jeter's <laughs> at if he even has any of those? If Jeter
0: wasn't in charge of this documentary, and they just had somebody sit down and was like, "Yeah,
1: I pumped him full of steroids," <laughs> it's just dumb. You know, like it's just, it's he really wasn't that good of a player. I don't, I don't know where. So much of it has come from, I guess it's just because he's a Yankee and he's like a handsome guy. I giving don't know. a documentary, Maybe do a documentary on his time with the Marlins and how great they are. Yeah, what a what a great turnaround! He what is. a team! Like that time he had to like stand in front of fans and like apologize. For...
0: <laughs> Traded off every that, single player from that,
1: that team. Is that going to be in the documentary, or is that doubt it? Is that out? That's uh, out.
0: Okay. Giving a guy a documentary who has less MVPs than Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy wild deserves stuff
1: a, deserves a documentary you i would watch that. love that even all phillies bias aside just who's even asking outside of yankees fans who's nobody. asking for a Derek cheater doc like nobody again i just i don't get the fascination i don't get the the adoration of course he's important to yankees fans because like that's like what well, does captain does <laughs> yeah cheats (laughs) how can he have a story like that and people think he's a cool guy like that's the The lamest thing i've ever heard of the best thing to
0: come from Derek jeter's career is when he retired and you get the gif of the kid tipping the cap yeah
1: that's it that was his cultural contribution (laughs) thanks Derek jeter
0: thanks for this great (laughs) gif uh Switching back to basketball real quick, uh,
1: Sixers legend Kwame Brown just <laughs> ripping into everybody. Good, he he. You know, he's like weirdly like the butt of jokes. He had like a good NBA career. Yeah, he just never like lived up to the it's, hype of right. Uh, uh, like it's weird. It's weird. Played for twelve years. That's a good like. I obviously yeah. Again, when you're when you're drafted that high, you have certain expectations. But I don't know, man. Like to have a twelve year. <laughs> career there's lottery picks that fade out way faster than that there's top three picks that would like julia look for is like only in the league because detroit is tanking mm-hmm. Like that's it you know like there's plenty of, of players that fade very quickly and don't have the longevity i don't know why he's always like the butt of the joke especially for like players and stuff it's really weird how like willing it's not like matt barnes was like some great player or steven jackson like they weren't, like, amazing. That's where, like, a lot of this started from is their, like, comments on their yeah. dumb podcast, which is, like, a terrible listen. I just awful. It's so bad. It's so much, like, just, like, I get that there's, like, aspects to being an athlete that we'll never understand, like, locker room mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm sure, like, some of their anecdotes are, like, interesting and, like, it's fun to listen to. But, like, there's so much, like, back-in-my-day stuff and it's, like, Back in your day, you were a role player. Yeah, and nothing more. <laughs> you
0: also weren't playing that long ago.
1: Yeah, like it's like yeah, it's just weird revisionism about how good of a player you were as opposed to him. And it's like I don't know, <laughs> he had a pretty good career still. It's weird. He won a ring, didn't he? Um, was he on one of those Lakers teams that won? No, his his last year in the league was with the Sixers. Huh.
0: Twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. I thought I thought he won
1: one with the Lakers. I was wrong. Either way, it's weird that he gets uh he gets so much he, shit. They might
0: have given him a ring because he got traded right. mid season for Aaron McKee. Legend right there for sure. <laughs> That's crazy. Um I don't know if you saw the news, Matt, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for the people because you and I will both be excited.
1: We are super oh. pumped for Survivor 41. It is a brand new game. Fast paced, super dangerous, very difficult to win, and absolutely entertaining to watch. Fans are gonna love it. We're back. I was getting a little worried. We hadn't we hadn't heard anything from Gino for anyone. I was like, oh man, don't tell me like if there's a way for Survivor to go out, it was on Winners at War, it's like that's like the culmination of like, all right, everything here's the entire history of survivor. He's the best players I've ever play. See ya. <laughs> like, <laughs> see you when we reboot this series in 20 years. Like um, I'm, I'm pumped to have it back for sure. It's it, it definitely sucked not having it uh, this year, but obviously, you know, <laughs> a lot of things have to change yeah. this year, <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad we're getting it back and I'm looking forward to it. Cause I don't know much about this new season and I'm actively avoiding any kind of leaks or anything like that. Cause I want to go in, Completely, completely blind. blind. Uh, I
0: think it's going to be a nice because rec- I think a lot of people got on the survivor wave like you did mm-hmm. and just like went all in, started watching everything. And now that they know it's back, it's like, all right, I'm all caught up and yeah. now I know what to kind of expect. But the way Jeff's saying, like, it's a brand new game and it's going to be dangerous as ever, like,
1: we're going to have people tied to trees again like season four. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not sure it's ever going to get as dangerous as. Um god what was the one season where like in they, africa they had that was yeah i mean that was brutal like the early survivor seasons like there's definitely Crazy. a difference in terms of like the conditions <laughs> they were in as a like i remember i can't remember i think it was australia where they came back to their camp and a flood just yeah. com- took everything and like there's just like well uh, they're like they had to go in the dark in like a raging river to get just their rice back <laughs> like, It was just like <laughs> You know, now it's still it's still difficult, but it's like it's different. It's yeah. wildly different. In Africa, they're just like in a sea bear ring from yeah, SpongeBob. Exactly. It's like all right, yeah, avoid like in these the middle, lions in the middle of the night. They're like watching lions like stalk. Their, Someone's uh... got to be
0: on security
1: watch because Simba might maul. But I remember us. a few. I don't remember how many seasons ago it was now, but God, what was I can't remember if it was when they started going to Fiji regularly. But they had like. Um, I think three or four people get like medevac. Yeah, like that one. God, I can't remember any of the names. But the one guy had like heat stroke so mm-hmm. bad he had to get airlifted. Someone else like got all kinds of tore up. Uh, I remember the gar- the one girl had like a bug in her ear yeah. that was like scratching. Oh, oh, that was like the and the, the camera watches it like crawl out. <laughs> oh, brutal. But yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be good to have survivor back. And I don't, I don't know that it's gonna be as dangerous as ever. <laughs> <laughs> But I am excited
0: I know we talked about this in the new year Of like dream guests for this show
1: I would love to have Jeff Probst on Jeff, here Jeff
0: Probst would definitely make An interesting guest that's He for would sure. be just to pick his brain about 20 years of hosting this show
1: Yeah I mean he's uh, Seen and been And like he's gotten to go to like amazing places And he makes the show what it is yeah. too You know with his, his energy And his, it's like you know there's so many great hosts mm-hmm. That we've had growing up of like game shows and stuff like that and um tv series and you know he's one of them like he just i don't know he is survivor yeah like he he very much is i i think it's interesting what's going to happen with the show and then potentially Mm -hmm. with him like if who he gets replaced by or what but he's uh he's brilliant thankfully we have a uh, a long um, while hopefully to i mean the dude is like he looks like he's 37 he's he's got it still
0: and uh, our guy Christians
1: in the chat says, so "Do not remind me of that fucking bug, dude." That was the that was, was one gnarly. of the most like, it wasn't like the most gruesome thing, but it's just like imagining that experience yeah. of like, it's already a terrible situation, and you have a just a bug in your ear that uh, they said that she went to the medical team, and they were like, "Yeah, hey, we can't do anything for you." Like, I'm sorry, because <laughs> like, so you crazy. have to just wait for it to come out and. I just cannot imagine that. That's hell. That's hell. Yeah. That that season was crazy though. There's so many people that just got ripped off just because of uh. That was the season that Aubrey should have won. Yes. That um, what's her name? It was on Winners at War. Who did very well in Winners at War. She certainly. God says quite a bit that I was. She's from New Jersey too. I feel bad. Oh. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting a Jersey girl. Why can I not? It's. Jen? No, it's not Jen.
0: Because Tony won that year for winners at war.
1: Yeah, but it was... um,
0: Natalie was the
1: runner-up. No, no, for... Uh, I'm talking about Aubrey's season, her first season. Oh. Uh... It, it, the winner will be on there. Go back. I can't remember her name. Michelle. 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 Michelle won when you yeah. get Aubrey. In my opinion. Not that Michelle was not deserving, but I was... Michelle 100%. played much better game winners at war. 100%. But I was just genuinely shocked when uh when Michelle won that one. But I had already known that Aubrey didn't win because the first season I ever saw was when they brought back Aubrey, Joe, and one other person that had like mm-hmm. their whole thing was they had never won and i was like oh well <laughs> cool <laughs> that's what happens when you get to the show at like season 35 you get something spoiled for you yeah <laughs> like, like boss and rob
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh last thing like i said our
0: first show back in a week because i had been working uh with being regional high school and their production of in the heights i'm super excited for the movie it looks like it's going to be incredible uh our run was amazing shout out to everybody in the cast the production team the crew it was a uh, a total blast we got interactions on social media from members of the cast in the movie and the kids are getting a, a handwritten note from lin-manuel miranda himself wow which is pretty wild Fray that <laughs> emailed to his pr team my boss name dropped me in the emails like you dirty dog <laughs> and uh he's sending us a, a letter and everything which is pretty awesome so shout out to everybody that was involved uh in our production and everything can't wait for the movie comes out in less than a month june 11th it's gonna be arguably movie of the summer i the everything about it looks awesome so uh,
1: dune's coming out this summer dune i don't, don't know. Looks great
0: <laughs> like
1: hbo max is i've uh pumping out everything my, my friend is reading dune And I said, there's only one movie that I know that my mom absolutely despises, and it's Dune. She said, it's the dumbest movie that my dad has ever made her watch in her life. I was like, I don't know really much else about Dune other than my mom's scathing review of it. But maybe I'll see the (laughs) Timothy Chalamet version because I love him. Hilarious. Uh, Yeah,
0: Dune comes out October. Oh.
1: Well, it's like (laughs) it looks
0: From everything that I've seen, like from all these HBO Max movies, they are doing it right when it comes to just like the movie rollouts and everything plus this cast is ridiculous for dune like you said timothy chalamet zendaya jason momoa dave batista
1: the director i i've seen some of his other movies as well very good director he had uh he did prisoners with jake gyllenhaal um great movie absolutely fantastic yeah and christian, you in the way of it christian big movie guy he said.
0: He's the king of movies.
1: He's really he's really good. Like I've seen, he's, he's only blade done, runner. A f- yeah. He's only done a few, but um, every that's right. He did Sicario as well, which is another fantastic. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So,
0: shout out to uh my in the heights cast, crew, and production team for an unreal run, and uh, we have people globally watching it. So, shout out to everybody that was part of that, and shout out to you guys for. Checking out the podcast. Make sure you guys are following us on social media at underground PHI. We announced our new guys for our golf division at getting the whole pod recorded their first episode that came out today. Shout out to Steve and John Uh, literally just hit the ground running, taking the reins for that thing. So go follow at getting the whole pod. They're going to be doing all things golf for us now uh, for the foreseeable future, which I'm very excited about. Follow us on social at UndergroundPHI Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt MattCastarena. Make sure you guys check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about the Sixers, getting that one seed, and like we said, easiest path to the finals. That's what we wanted. That's what we hopefully are going to get how you feel about this Phillies team right now and everything else in between, check us on Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And of course, shout out to our awesome sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21, Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick, Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland and our friends at Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. All three websites, same promo code, TomahawkShades.com. You get 25% off your order with promo code USP. Manscaped.com, you get 20% off free shipping and a big old thank you from your balls. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at StatesideVodka.com with promo code USP. Must be 21 or older to purchase, and of course, please drink responsibly. It's been episode number 330 330. of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Catch you guys later this week.